Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Today we're going to start off, we're going to look at the topic, the work and the identity of Christ. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 23. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 16, in verse 21. And then we're going to go to Colossians. So this is a very familiar story that Jesus had with his disciples. After some time of doing ministry together, this question comes up. Who is Jesus of Nazareth? And what did he do? As a follower of Christ, someone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, this is an important question. Who is Jesus of Nazareth and what did he do? What did Jesus claim and what is the evidence to support his claim? So Jesus asked the question, when he came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So people knew that Jesus was special. They saw a lot of uh, commotion going on. They saw people being baptized. They saw all types of things going on. They saw miracles, people being raised from the dead. They saw a man who spoke with authority that they'd never seen before. So the buzz was going around, who is Jesus of Nazareth? Well, some people said, you know, he's John the Baptist. Now, why would they say that? Well, John the Baptist had been put to death by Herod because he was critical of a political leader, imagine that, and he was put to death. And others thought he was uh, Elijah because they looked in the Old Testament and it talked about the return of Elijah. You know, we know from a perspective of the whole Bible that John the Baptist came as one like Elijah to let people know that the Messiah was coming. And then other people thought that Jesus was a, I guess, a reincarnation of Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So that's what people were saying. And Jesus turned to him and he said, but who do you say that I am? And today my encouragement to you and I is, is that we would kind of take a break from thinking about ourselves and think about this question. Who is Jesus and what can Jesus do for me? You know, what is it that Christ wants to do for me? Not in the selfish sense, not as a genie in the bottle, but what is it that Christ wants me to do and become? Because Jesus said, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. So we follow Christ with the goal of what we will become. Now, some of you look at your life and you say, you know what, I I have some concerns with my Christian faith. I'm not the person that I wish I was. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I was six months ago. Or I thought I was doing better and now I'm back into a routine. I thought I was really growing, and now I've made some mistakes. Well, my encouragement to you today is to stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about whether or not you're worthy or not 
to follow Christ and let him take care of that. And as God looks down from heaven at you and I, you might feel like you're not where you want to be, but God sees the person you will become. God sees, you know, a warrior. God sees a champion. God sees a great man or woman of God. And I'm here today to tell you to stop thinking about your abilities and look at how great He is. Because if God wants you to become something, He's not just going to call you and, and let you fail. He is invested in you. In fact, He sent Jesus to die on the cross. The Son became a man and lived and died and rose from the dead so that you and I could become everything that God had in His mind for eternity that He wanted His church, the body of Christ, to become. And in this conversation with Jesus and the disciples, this was just the beginning. This was just the first step. And so this man Peter says, Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Are you impressed with what Peter did? Are you encouraged by what Peter accomplished? He preached and 5,000 people got saved. He, he, re, he uh, healed people in the name of Christ. He wrote two books, the first and second Peter. He accomplished all of these things. And he did it because he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Now, he had to learn a few things. Peter had to make a few mistakes. He had to fail before he could be successful because he had to realize that he couldn't do it in his own strength. From time to time, people fall and give in to their weakness, and they make mistakes, and then they have to reconcile their love for Christ, their love for God, and their sense of failure, and they work through it. And Peter, after Jesus died on the cross, and Peter denied Christ, and then Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus restored Peter and said, Do you love me? And Peter said, Yes, you know that I love you. He said, Do you love me more than these? Meaning, do you love me more than the, the fishing boat and the lifestyle of being a fisherman? He said, Yes, Lord, you can look at my heart. You know I love you. And many of you here today, you're here today and you love Christ. But you struggle with some weaknesses. And I struggle with some weaknesses. Guess what? It's not about your weakness. It's about the greatness and the magnificence of Christ. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's based on what He can do, not what we can do. And we serve rather than look to be served. We lay down our lives rather than try to save our lives for the cause of Christ and for those who would follow him after us. Now, so first we establish that Jesus is the Son of God. And then a few verses later, Jesus says he begins to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. At this time, the disciples did not understand this. 
They did not understand how Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is the Messiah, would come to die on the cross. The identity of Christ did not correspond with the work of Christ. And neither does it today. If Jesus is the Son of God, if He is the risen Savior, then He is to be worshipped and served. But when Jesus came here, when Jesus came to the earth, did He come as a king? No. And if our Lord and Savior came as a servant, God calls us as leaders to serve, not to be rulers. Who is Jesus of Nazareth and what did he do? Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus came to suffer and die for our sins. Now, just as God revealed this to these disciples, Peter, James, and John, he also revealed something to the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul was brought up as a Jewish uh, leader. He became a Pharisee. He began to persecute the church. You know, he did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He did not understand why Jesus died on the cross, if he even knew about that. But he just knew that this one that they called Jesus, was people were saying that he was alive, and Paul was trying to wipe that out. He was trying to destroy the church. Jesus appeared to Paul and said, Paul, why are you fighting against me? And Paul says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus revealed himself to Paul. And Paul surrendered his life to Christ. And Jesus gave Paul a vision of who he was and why he came. Where do we fit in? We are part of the redemption team. We are part of the team, the called ones of God, restoring people into a relationship with Christ and transforming the culture around us through righteousness. And what an awesome privilege and, and opportunity. And that fills our minds and we're excited, but we still have to deal with our humanity. There's still going to be ups and downs. So we come alongside of each other, and the older need to encourage the younger. Those who are mature in the faith need to help those who are learning the faith. We need to see people when they stumble and not beat them down with criticism, but to pick them up and encourage them. You need to be determined. I believe that when Paul or Peter... The disciples were mentoring people and teaching people. I believe that when people struggled, rather than putting them down and throwing them out and pushing them back, they got down and worked with them and encouraged them to become the person that God called them to be. And it was based on this realization that it's about Him. It's not about us. It's what God can do. Because in Him we move and have our being. He became sin who knew no sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. You are holy and blameless in His sight through Christ. Now our goal is to get you to work that out. My goal is to work that out. Who I am, holy and righteous, blameless. Who I am becoming 
a servant of Christ. We have to become what we are, and we have to forget the things that are in the past and move through what is in the present. And it is based on this revelation of Christ. Paul says, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness. At one time we belonged to the kingdom of the enemy. But now we have been transferred to the kingdom of His beloved Son. You're on a different team. You've been transferred. You've been rescued. You've been pulled out. You're no longer a prison. God has broken into the prison and set you free. Walk out of it and follow Christ as a child of God in whom we have redemption. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, resulted in the forgiveness of sin. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Your past is forgiven. Your present is forgiven. Your future will be forgiven through Christ. Press on in your relationship with Him and serve Him in joy. And when you make a mistake, ask God to forgive you and ask people to help you. God is able to change you and to turn your weakness into your strengths. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That doesn't mean Jesus was created. Firstborn means preeminence in the Greek. What it means is Jesus is the most prominent. He is the preeminent one. He is the, the first to be risen from the dead. We will follow. We will die or Jesus will return. When we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We will be resurrected on the last day and we will be in the presence of the Lord forever. Christ has gone before us. He lived, He died, He was buried, He rose from the dead. He has preeminence in all things. When we are risen to be with Christ on that last day, we will have been the second to third. We will not have been the first. Christ is the preeminent one. For by Him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth. He is your Creator. Therefore, you're responsible to Him. You're accountable. He's your Creator. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all of those things, kingdoms, presidents, vice presidents, senators, house of representatives, all of those things fall under the authority of Christ. He is preeminent over them. He is sovereign over them. These kingdoms of earth will pass. Hopefully they'll be great. Hopefully we'll do great things. Hopefully we'll be a great nation. We should all wish for the greatness of our nation in, in righteousness, not in power, not in pure power. You know, But that will not last forever. No matter how great our country is, you know, no matter what we accomplish as a country, we will not replace the greatness and the magnificence of Christ. We're not even close. And when we show ourselves and we look the fool as a country, we don't need to feel like, oh, all is woe is me, despair. We don't need to feel despair. Christ was always the greatest one. If anything, we try to be like him. We try to humble ourselves and acknowledge our weaknesses and recognize our things that we can't accomplish. 
and recognize that this state is not the answer. It's not the answer to all our problems. A relationship with God is. And many of you know that. You've seen promises made and promises broken. People who rise up and people who fall down. People who talk about their greatness and then get exposed and arrested and, and debased. Because men, you know, are not the preeminent. We are not sovereign and, and awesome like God is. We were created in His image. And we are His followers. And we serve Him. And we do it with humility. And we do the best we can. And when we accomplish great things, we give Him the glory and honor. Pride comes before a fall. And when we think it's all about us and we think and we boast of our greatness, it's just a matter of time. You've seen people come and go and talk and, and brag and then be humbled. Would to God that we would start with humility. I heard a story when I was listening to this man. He was a professor and he taught young men to preach. And he said there was a young man in his class and he was full of confidence. He just thought he was going to do great. There's nothing wrong with confidence. But this man was confident in his own abilities. And he said he kind of ran up onto the platform and he just was ready to go. And then he started to stumble on his words. And he got confused in his mind and he couldn't make his point and it just flopped. The professor said, young man, had you went up the way you came down from that podium, you would have came down the way you went up. Because he went up with such pride and self-confidence in his own ability, and he walked down feeling, I can't do this. You're right, you can't do this. But there is one who can do it. And if you will surrender and submit to that one, if you will allow Christ to be your strength, if you will allow your boasts to be in Christ and not yourself, then you will accomplish great things for God. Because you don't know what greatness is all the time. Sometimes it's the little act of service that makes all the difference in the world. If we're talking sports, it might be the block or the coverage on the pass that wins the game. It's not always the quarterback. Every player is important. And in the body of Christ, everyone is needed. Because the body of Christ, the head of the body of Christ is Christ. Not any one man or woman. Christ is the head. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church. Now I want you to just look at this. He is before all things. Before the world was created, Christ existed. The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. There is one God who has eternally existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When the Father had the vision, the Son said, I'll get it done. He came to hear. He knew. He knew the choices you and I would make. God in His sovereignty knew those who would respond to Him, and, and He made the circumstances of life such that you and I had an opportunity to respond to Him. Christ came and purchased for us our salvation on the cross so that when we repented of our sins and placed our faith in Him, we were saved and became His children. And not only did He create the world, but He holds the world together. He is the head of the body of the church. So who is Jesus of Nazareth? 
And what did he do? Paul answered that question as he revealed through the Holy Spirit these things. Jesus is our rescuer. He's the one who rescued us from our sins and our situation. He is our redeemer. He redeemed us with his blood so that we could be forgiven in his sight and without fault. He is our creator. He is our Lord. So how does who Jesus is and what he did impact our lives? What are the implications of who Jesus is in his work on the cross? Because Jesus rescued us, we can stop living like prisoners. You know, when you keep doing the same dumb thing over and over, when I keep doing the same dumb stuff over and over, I'm being a prisoner. I'm being enslaved to sin. Guess what? You're not a slave. I'm not a slave. We're free. The bars are broken. We are completely free. You are free to obey Christ. You are free to serve Christ. Whatever weakness you have, you're set free from it. Have you ever walked out of a church or walked out of a meeting or something and you just felt like that guy walking down from the podium and you just held your head down and said, why did I say that? Why did I do that? You put your head back up. You're a child of God. God, forgive me. You just proved the obvious. You're human. You make mistakes. Get back up. Fight another day. Don't give in to your, your human weaknesses. Some of you, you're like a roller coaster right now. We're living a roller coaster lives. There's days where you feel great. You feel like God loves you. And then there are days where you allow your guilt and your shame to weigh you down. Christ is bigger. Your success is not based on your ability. Your success is based on His ability and His call. He needs you to do certain things. He's called you to be involved and to be part of certain things that build up the body of Christ. Just respond. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Paul knew Christ. And this is the Christ he knew. The Creator, the Redeemer, the Rescuer, the Lord, the, the Eternal God. He knew Christ and he wanted to make Christ known. And you and I get to be part of that. Because Jesus rescued us, we can stop living like defeated prisoners. Because Jesus redeemed us, we can start living like children of God. So if I could summarize this message and what it means, stop living like you're in a prison and start living like you're a child of God. Start living like Christ in you, the hope of glory. That this great, incredible, awesome God that we're talking about lives inside of you through faith to do and to accomplish things for Him. Now, what is scary is some people talk about the risen Christ living in them, and then they run quickly to think about what He can do for them. And and it's, I'm going to get rich, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be prominent, and I'm going to be great. And the next thing you know, they're on the news because they did something stupid. No. Jesus lives in us, and He is our Creator. So we live for Him. We live to please Him. And when we live to please Him, 
we fulfill that purpose and that destiny. That is our destiny to be in Christ and to live for his honor and glory. And if it results in good things for us, and I think it does, you know, I believe God blesses people. And as a byproduct, you know, we experience health and, and wealth and influence and all of those things. As long as they're done for the glory of God, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's that God can exalt. We don't know what the future holds. We have to trust God to accomplish things. It's because we believe Jesus has called us to a greater purpose than ourselves. Because Jesus redeemed us, we can start living like children of God. Because Jesus is our creator, we are accountable to him. It's not about what we want, it's about what he wants. Because Jesus is Lord, we live to please him and not ourselves. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for those that you've called. And God, by the strength of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, may we not lose one person. And God, may you help us to support one another that living the Christian life is not always easy. And when our lives is in pieces, God, we, we look to you because you alone are able to save and rescue and restore and heal and strengthen. And God, we trust you and depend on you to live for us the life you expect of us. We pray this in your son's name. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.